My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. On this Pentecost Sunday, our scripture comes from the book of Acts, the second chapter, the first through the twelfth verses. It is our custom at Kings to stand for the reading of scripture. If you are able, stand and read with me. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Here ends the reading of God's holy word. And I'd like to start off by asking a question. Do you sing in the shower? Do you sing arias or love songs? Do you sing hip-hop or rap or yodel? And have you noticed that when you're in the shower, the tile and the water makes your voice sound larger, stronger, fuller, more beautiful? And then... As with all of us, myself included, you have to get out of the shower and your formerly full tones fall flat and we might waver off key or our crooning vibrato becomes a creaky quiver. Without that echoing cocoon of the shower and the forgiving background choir of water, the real sound of our voice comes through. See, there's three realities when you're listening to your voice. The first one is this. There's the voice that we think we have. Then, number two, the voice we actually have. And three, the voice that others think we have. Do you remember when you were a kid, the first time you heard your voice, perhaps on a a cassette recorder, and you indignantly indignantly shouted, That doesn't sound like me. Well, it doesn't. Not to get too technical, but the voice that you hear resonates through muscle and bone on the inside of your skull. It sounds unique to you, and no one else hears that particular voice. The voice that we hear when you speak resonates through the air between us, And the different resonating materials changes the sound of your voice. 
The voice we speak with is our internal voice made audible to everyone. And yet it's still only heard by us in that internal familiar tone. Pentecost is the day on which the disciples finally found their voice. And yet it wasn't their voice they found. It wasn't their own voice they heard. The ethnically diverse crowd was stunned to hear the disciples speak in their own native tongue. But can you imagine the shock of the disciples when they found themselves speaking in languages they had not yet learned? I find it very telling that the first interpretation of these multilingual sounds altered by the disciples didn't come from them. It came from that long list of visitors to the city of Jerusalem for Pentecost. And they were the first to really understand what was going on. Did you hear what they said? We hear on our own tongues the mighty works of God. What sounded strange and foreign to the disciples' own ears makes perfect sense to these representatives of the world. There's never been an age like ours where communication is so continual, constant with one another. Have you noticed how cyborgian we look when we put our earbuds in? In Australia, Sanyo is now marketing a bone phone a mobile phone that transmits through the skull directly to your ear. The cell phone glued to everyone's ear makes it possible to talk at any time to anyone from anywhere as long as there's a cell phone tower in the vicinity. Just like the man used to say on the AT&T commercial, God is asking through Pentecost... Can you hear me now? Well, perhaps you've had a child in your life ask you this difficult question. Why do people from different countries talk funny, the child might ask. And the theologian in your life might remind them of the story of the Tower of Babel in chapter 11 of Genesis. Human pride, you might remember, decided to make a name for itself and build a city and a tower that would reach all the way up to God. But God would not allow that presumption. So the speech of the workers was confused, and they fell to bickering among themselves and dispersed all over the earth and never did complete the tower. That's why Germans don't understand French and Italians don't understand Chinese and Greeks don't understand English and uh, nobody understands teenagers. In fact, to this day, we have problem communicating with one another. In international relations, translations often fail to convey the proper meaning. There was a Coca-Cola executive who came up, you might remember this, from the 80s with the theme, with the slogan, Come Alive, You're in the Pepsi Generation. Do you remember that? Well, I'm told that Pepsi tried to market their product in China using the same slogan. However, in Chinese, the meaning came out as Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the dead. 
To be sure, communication is tough, even when people speak the same language. I'm reminded of a, a little story. A little old lady was planning a vacation and wrote a letter to a particular campground to inquire about its facilities. She was a prim and proper little lady, and she couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet. So she finally settled on the abbreviation BC, which to her meant bathroom commode. The initials baffled the campground manager, who showed the letter to some of the other campers. They didn't understand until one of them suggested the woman might be referring to a Baptist church. The owner agreed and wrote this reply. Dear Madam, thank you for your inquiry. I take pleasure in informing you that a BC is located two miles north of our campground and seats 250 people. My wife and I go quite regularly. As we grow older, it seems to be more of an effort, particularly during the cold spells. If you visit our campground, perhaps we could go with you the first time, sit with you, and introduce you to the other folks. Ours is a friendly community. Sincerely yours. Another story that makes me chuckle is this. There was a minister who put an ad in a local paper for a well-rounded handyman who could fix things around the church and help out with routine chores. The very next morning after the ad ran, a well-dressed young man came and asked to speak to the minister. The pastor sized up the young man and then asked him a flurry of questions. Can you start a fire? Yes, sir. Can you have breakfast ready by 7 o'clock every morning? Yes, sir. Can you polish the silver and wash the dishes? Yes, sir. Can you keep things picked up and neat and, and the lawn mowed? Yes, sir. As the minister continued, and of course there will be electrical problems and unexpected leaking pipes and restroom overflows and, wait a minute, the young man interrupted. I came here to make arrangements for my wedding, but if it's going to be like that, I think I'll just forget the whole thing. Or, in uh, marriage counseling circles, there's often this joke told. A lady went to a marriage and family counselor and she said, I, I need your help. I, I have to divorce my husband. The counselor took a deep breath and he said, well, I'll need more information. Do you, do you have a grudge? The lady looked him in the eyes quizzically and said, no, we, we have a carport. He, he thought again and he asked her, well, do you have grounds? And she said, yes, we have about an acre and a half. Conspiratorially, he leaned forward and whispered, Does he beat you up? Oh, no, she says. I'm up an hour before him every morning. So Pentecost asks us really three questions. The first one is this. Are you listening? Are you listening for the word of God, the good news that God has for you? The second thing is, Pentecost asks, are we correctly conveying the message that God gave us to carry? And the third question Pentecost brings is this. What is your power source? What propels you 
in your sharing of the gospel? Is it your knowledge of scripture? Is it the depth of your faith? Is it the power of your experience? Well, God says that those things are wonderful, but the one thing that truly propels us into a life-saving ministry is the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit. The poet William Blake wrote a poem about Pentecost. Part of the poem says this, Unless the eye catch fire, God will not be seen. Unless the ear catch fire, God will not be heard. Unless the tongue catch fire, God will not be named. Unless the heart catch fire, God will not be loved. Unless the mind catch fire, God will not be known. To put it in more down-to-earth terms, let me tell you about the SS California. The SS Californian was the nearest ship to the Titanic when it hit the iceberg. In fact, it was about an hour and a half away. But the Californian never reached the place where the Titanic sank. At the investigation of the sinking of the Titanic in Washington, D.C., Senator William Smith of Michigan asked the commanding officer why the SS Californian didn't sail immediately to the scene of the accident when the wireless reached her. The officer shifted uncomfortably in the witness chair. Then he explained that they had feared icebergs, so they were lying motionless in the water. Even more importantly, he explained, they had extinguished their fires and had no steam up. Such was the explanation given as to why the Californian, which could have reached the Titanic before it sank, never got there and never rescued a single soul. No fire, no power, no one rescued. Could that be said about us? That we have the form of religion, but not its power? We hear the name of Jesus, but we lack the power to be his people in the world because we have neglected that third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Today I ask that you would consider this. Are you listening to the voice of God? Often when I was a hospital chaplain and I was in the presence of a person who was and we use this term in the business, actively dying. And perhaps the person had lost the power of speech and didn't even seem to be alert. I would pray, I would sit next to them, and they would hum that great old hymn of the church. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Come home, 
come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Do you hear the voice of God this morning calling to you? If you do, pray that prayer and ask Jesus into your heart. The second thing I want to leave you with is this. Power can be used in at least two ways. It can be unleashed or it can be harnessed. The energy in 10 gallons of gasoline, for example, can be released explosively by dropping a match into the can. Or channeled through the engine of one of the newer cars at a controlled burn, it could be used to transport you and your family 350 miles. Explosions are spectacular, but controlled burns have a lasting effect, staying power. The Holy Spirit works both ways. At Pentecost, he exploded onto the scene. His presence was like tongues of fire. Thousands were affected by one burst of God's power. But he also works through the church. The institution God began to tap the Holy Spirit's power for the long haul. Through worship, fellowship, service, Christians are provided with staying power. Ask God today to light his fire in you. Don't get caught dead in the water. No fire, no power, no one rescued. Finally, if you are not a member of a worshiping congregation, we welcome you to worship with us online. Our, de- our uh, church website has a daily devotional, and of course you found our sermons on Spotify. But when this is over and we have the opportunity to worship together, we invite you to come and be a part of our congregation. I wish you the fire of the Holy Spirit on this exciting Pentecost Day. Amen.